Brotherhood, multiplication, restoration. We are Sin Network. We're a family planning churches together. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Today we're talking with Rob Wilton, lead pastor at Vintage Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, about the process of his answering the call to move from his church plant in New Orleans to plant a church in Pittsburgh. Rob Wilton. What's up? It's always good to be with you. For sure. I appreciate it. So we're going to jump right in, man. So you planted Vintage Church, New Orleans, Vintage Church, Pittsburgh. Yep. Same name, two completely different experiences. For sure. Tell me about that. Yeah, so New Orleans is home, born and raised, first-generation American. My parents moved from South Africa to America in 79. Uh, a Mississippi revival preacher preached a revival in my dad's church in South Africa. So you're a white African-American. I am. I'm Cajun African-American. Amen. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Continue on. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they uh, answered the call as this Mississippi preacher preached in their church in South Africa. That pastor told them about this seminary in New Orleans. They sold all their possessions. I was born two years later. Grew up in that city. Uh, got saved in that city. My dad ended up becoming pastor of a church in South Carolina for high school and college. And uh, in college, I surrendered to gospel ministry while I was playing college ball. And uh, I said, all right, Lord, anywhere but New Orleans. Mm. And uh, Lord sent me there. And so we moved there in 2004. Hurricane Katrina hit 2005, which shifted the ministry call in my life from really sports ministry to uh, ministry of rebuilding, um, helping the city of New Orleans uh, recover from Katrina. I worked uh, with an organization called Mission Lab, which basically we hosted faith-based groups, which is probably the the least told story about the successful rebuilding of New Orleans, Mm. the faith-based community and the efforts of Southern Baptists and other uh, churches that helped to rebuild. Well, I was right in the middle of that. And through that, my wife was a massage therapist, and it's awesome being married yes, to a massage yes, therapist. Yes, that is. And uh, we started to love on her coworkers mm. at the spa she worked at. By God's grace, led one of her coworkers to the Lord, and that uh, coworker asked if we would kind of do a Bible study, and that's how Vintage Church was planted in right. 2007. One small group. We moved off seminary campus in the heart of the city, uptown, right on St. Charles Avenue, right right close to there. And uh, by fall of 2008, through multiplication of just home groups, we officially launched in fall of 2008. And so the journey, honestly, in New Orleans was crazy. Yeah. Like, I was 27, had no business. Mm-hmm. I'd, my dad had always taught me, I'll be honest, that church planning, like, you know, only happens as a result of one church getting mad at each other mm. and going separate ways. Yes. So I never even knew anything about mm. this. But as I started to press in and really study Book of Acts and see so many different guys jump into this, man, just became a sponge. But it was like trial by error. Yeah. You know, like right. every step of the way was a mistake. We moved 13 times in eight years as a church. Mm. So it was like, you know, we're a cool church if you can find us. Yeah, I and, remember uh, coming to when the convention was in New Orleans, yep. coming up on top of the stairs, yep. being on top, yep. and you guys were there, and it was a nice spot in the neighborhood, yep. like yep. service in the community. Yeah, it was like our art center yeah. that we kind of used to host different things during the week. Uh, 
but it was owned as a as a venue, and they let us worship there. And so that was one of our spots. And were you raised in that part of the city? Uh, I was raised in Gentilly. Okay. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm from New Orleans. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I spent some years with my dad for yeah. pay for the Saints. So who that? Yeah. You know, yeah. oh, we sure. got that. We got that for bond. Sure. Who that said he you gonna be them saying? Saints? You, no uh, do you understand what my dad's claim to fame was right? No. All right. So you remember Aaron Neville? Yeah. You know, Aaron Neville, when they first started the Who Dat. So if you Google Aaron Neville and Who Dat, my dad is that awkward black man that's dancing. Come on, man. During that time. And he was in, <laughs> he was the original background singers during the this Who This is before Cha Ching, bro. Yeah, that, I'm telling you. This it's is way before. Yeah. So that. I love it. That's just, you know, so I'm yeah. New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. over in uh, New Orleans East, Joe Brown, Brown, cool. Joe Brown Park. But I mean, I mean, but you were just, the point is you were indigenous. Yep. You were raised up. You had a passion for your city, yep. your community. Even yep. though you didn't want to go back there, yep. you were like, God was calling you. It was like you had one of those but God moments. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, New Orleans is home. I mean, that's that's all I've ever known. Uh, it's it's family. It's, it's uh, you know, uh, the food, the culture, everything else is, is, is uh, you know, home base for me. Yeah. So planning in that context... No doubt, because you know New Orleans. Yep. Like New Orleans, although post-Katrina New Orleans has been super welcoming and open to outsiders coming mm -hmm. to help rebuild the city, it's still a very deep-rooted, um, prideful culture yeah. of yeah. their own city, yep. their own culture. And so uh, immediately as I became a pastor, although planting a new church, which was hard, New Orleans is a, is a, a church city. Yeah. Um, it's not unchurched. It's yeah. a church city. Mm -hmm. I mean, the saints, everything is around yeah. Catholicism. Mm -hmm. Mardi Gras is around Catholicism. Mm -hmm. The name of the saints is around Catholicism. Yeah. And so it's a church city, but it's an unreached city. Yeah. And so when you come in and you plant a church, um, for me to be able to say I'm from New Orleans gave me street cred. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's one of ours. Right. He's not a threat to this right. ecosystem. Yeah. And so, yeah, there was there was a lot that that was there, but I'm kind of a new New Orleanian. You okay. know, I'm not a generational guy. Right. Um, kind of an adopted son to the city. Yeah. And uh, we had a blast, man. God, God really uh, blessed our ministry, and I was there really for 10, 11 years. Yeah. And so you, was, and you planted Vintage Church in New Orleans. Yep. Ten. And 11 years before. Yep. Then, okay. Yep. And so that was, you know, next because you planted again. Yeah. Vintage Church. Yep. Pittsburgh. Yep. Now. Yep. That's a completely different experience, but it's the same name. Talk, talk to me about, yep. talk to me about that. Yep. So we come, uh, we moved 13 times, eight years. We finally merge with a Baptist church that had a building, no people. We had people, no building. Mm -hmm. We were meeting in this rock and bowl in the center of the city honestly spending way too much money on it, um, and God brought us together, right? Yeah. So we do this whole, as we come to this building, expansion project, uh, while I'm also working on my doctoral work, um, and I'm doing it in church planning. Yeah. And God just speaking to me, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I finished my doctoral work the same time we have our grand opening of our property. And like for most pastors, you know, the grand opening, that's like you've arrived. Yeah. Like all these years of hard work, I finally got a building. I got a green room. I mean, this is it, you green know? Green room. That's like, like I, you really I have, I have made it. Mm -hmm. But honestly, my my wife and I, we had just bought a house. Our kids were in the school we loved, in the heart of the city. Uh, the staff was the, the dream staff. And the moment I got up to preach on Jesus says, I will build my church, the Lord told me I was done. Mm -hmm. 
it took me three months to tell my wife mm-hmm. because we were so settled. Yeah. And I started to kind of pursue that. As I began to pursue that with, with a lot of friends, mentors, uh, some of my leaders in our church, an opportunity presented itself in Orlando, Florida that I pursued. And as we started to walk through that, God was very clear to kind of shut that door. Mm-hmm. And as he shut that door, that's what put me on the radar for the North yeah. American Mission Board. Yeah. I had been working with them yeah. in New Orleans as a Sin City, uh, you know, church planner uh, in New Orleans. And um, I'll never forget getting the phone call to, to basically uh, consider praying about Pittsburgh. Yeah. If I yeah. can be real, bro— I shut it down right away. Right. I, I can imagine. I can imagine. I mean, like, you're going through all this. But yep. before we even get to that, Pittsburgh, man, there has to be just a lot of grief. Yep. A lot of, I mean, there's passion. There's, you know, like, you spent all of this time, yep. like, building it up, finally getting there, and then yep. you get up and you're like, yep. this is your last, you know, this is it. Did you, yep. This is not yep. where you're going to be. Yep. You're done, yep. as you stated. Man, talk about that, like, the grief, the pain. Yeah. Of that, you said you took three months yep. to do that, you know, and then you go to Orlando, yep. and then that door that was closed. Apart. So it's like yep. there had to be a lot of just turmoil in there. Like, did I hear God right? Or like, what was? Yep. Talk to me about that, uh, like the were, emotional. There were a lot of tears. Yeah, a lot of tears. My my oldest son is as old as the church. Yeah. So you know, when the church uh, would act a certain way, I could look at my son and see those matching. You know, yeah. when my son finally became potty drained, so yeah. did the church. <laughs> and so yeah. there was like, that's all they, my kids ever knew. I got four kids. They all grew up in it. Uh, but the loss of, of friendships, families, and I had some good gigs, man. I was yeah. the New Orleans Saints chaplain, yeah. still involved with them, had done that for seven years, uh, serving on some advisory committees for some businesses in town. Uh, got to get a honorary degree at the Norman C. Francis Institute, Leadership yeah. Institute. So there was some deep-rooted impact. And to say goodbye to that was tough. But I'll, I'll say this because, like, you don't know it till you're in it. Yeah. But as parents, yeah. there's nothing more joyful in my life than when I see my kids succeed. Yeah. It trumps anything I do, right. like right. anything. When I see them succeed— and I didn't know how joyful I would feel. Now I'm two years removed at seeing my church in New Orleans yeah. still serve as a healthy multiplying mm-hmm. church. I was there Sunday. Yeah. And honestly, when I got up to preach that first service, I couldn't preach because I was just filled with so much like love right. and, and joy seeing mul- multiplication right. happen. And what so, I love about what you're saying yep. is that you were able to be filled with love yep. and joy because you were willing to feel your feelings yep. around the lost yep. and the passion yep. of, you know, and all of it being in the center of God's will, yep. right? You know what I'm saying? Because a yep. lot of times we think, man, this hardship must be because yep. did I hear God wrong or something For wrong, sure. something happened. So now you're going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. You're reluctantly like, you get, at first. Reluctantly, because you at first was like, no, thank you. All right, God. I mean, just the winter alone <laughs> yeah, freaked me out. Yeah, because that's what I tell people. I'm yeah. like, I'm from, I'm a California kid, yeah. went to Texas, now I'm in Atlanta. Yeah. Like, I'm staying along the coast For and, sure. you know, around. Yeah. So I'm not. Yeah. So now you're up north. Yeah, I'm up north. And and uh, so when Pittsburgh was presented to us, like, honestly, I said no. Uh, when when we started talking with North American Mission Board, I'll be honest, my wife started looking at the website for other cities. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, man, don't knock it till you try it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was so thankful for Kevin Ezell's leadership in that city. 
And he was like, man, let's just, let's go pray. Yeah. Let's go pray over the city. And God does what he does, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't have to make sense, so but you know. You like, said, let's go pray. Did you guys actually go to Pittsburgh? Yeah, we took a trip. And um, I can honestly tell you, uh, I, I'm, I'm not saying this to score points. Like My wife truly follows the spirit of God and the call of God on our lives. And so she felt it. I felt it. I mean, the moment we land on the ground, we just knew, okay, God's calling us to serve this city as much as we don't know what it's about, as much as I don't understand how these people are talking, as much as the winter was going to scare us. I mean, I'll be honest, our first winter, like that storm, our kids almost had frostbite because Old Navy doesn't work in (laughs) Pittsburgh, bro. (laughs) That winter is crazy, you know, and we had never been in snow. So what was the time elapse between... Telling your wife, yep. going to Florida, now you're about to be in Pittsburgh. Yep. What, what's, what's that the was the course of about three months. When we answered the call to Pittsburgh, I knew I needed a season, first of all, to uh, set up the church that I had planted for success, yeah. to invest in those leaders. And here's the great thing. Um, all the leaders of the church, even two years later, were all guys that I discipled for 10 plus mm-hmm. years. Yeah. So my equipping pastor for 10 years is now the lead pastor yeah. in New Orleans. That's awesome. So there's a real brotherhood yeah. friendship there. My executive pastor stayed. And that was one of the things as well that affirmed that I needed to go. Yeah. To be honest, the second decade of the church, I probably would have done more damage yeah. because I'm That's a good. builder. Yeah. I don't like really finishing anything. Yeah. I like starting things. This guy, his name's Dustin Turner, came in to truly in a healthy way equip, love, disciple this now church and these people that we've reached. Is that one of the reasons why when you went to Pittsburgh, you decided to continue to name it Vintage? Yes. There's there's just, we don't have a whole lot of systems that keep us connected. It's just a lot of trust, a lot of time, a lot of love. We want to be in each other's lives. So even as we investigated it, uh, Greg Allison, he's over at Southern uh, we we kind of reached out to him, and his question was like, well, uh, from an ecclesiology, you know, ecclesiology standpoint, like, you're, you're not doing anything wrong by working together. Mm-hmm. Like, we have multiple campuses within a city. It could happen multiple cities. Yeah. He asked us this question, are you better together? Mm, that's good. And that's all we needed to know. Yeah. And we said, yeah. And so we'll figure out all the logistics. We trust each other. We need each other. We're better together. Let's roll. That's good. So, so as you're rolling now, you're rolling, you, it's a totally different scenario. Totally. You didn't know anything about Pittsburgh. God is calling you to Pittsburgh. New Orleans, born and raised, spent your life. All right. You're in Pittsburgh. What's the difference between parachuting into a place versus being, you know, home raised, indigenous? Yep. So immediately I knew the the most important thing for me to do as I landed in Pittsburgh was to connect with those who've already been faithful in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the work as a missionary. Yeah. I love being an evangelist. I love, you know, leaders and lost people. Man, mm-hmm. I just, I love going after that. And I was going to do my part to get my, know my neighbors, but that takes time. It takes time to earn a right to be heard. The beautiful thing about the Sin Network we are in all these 32 sin cities. And there were faithful brothers and sisters who had been there for a long time. And I just pressed in there. Yeah. I also went outside our tribe. Yeah. And I pressed in on some faithful pastors and said, hey, can I just sit? Can I soak? Can I come attend your worship service? Can I learn from you? 
and one connection have to, happened after another. But I love what essential. you're saying, and I think that's a point that we need to really press into because yep. a lot of times when planners go in, it's like instead of having a vision, we have what I call an anti-vision. Like, yep. And so we go in and we tear down everything that's yep. going on yep. instead of seeing the the faithfulness in the fruit that we are building off of, yep. you know, as we're going into the city. So um, why did you go in with that perspective over the kind of what the traditional perspective is? Yeah, well, the two hats that I wear, one, we're planning a healthy, multiplying church, and I'm also serving as a Sin City missionary okay. for Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that as fast as possible, I wanted to set it up so that our church could be in the fastest way healthy, but in the fastest way as possible a hub by which future church planning could be for the city. And so immediately I connected with the connections through Mm -hmm. the SIN network and uh, formed a team. We had about 30, 40 people move to the city from outside the city with me. And then we connected with about the same within the city. And very quickly, we moved into the city in August of uh, last year. And uh, we officially launched as a church, Vintage Church Pittsburgh, in Easter of this past year Man. in two locations. That's awesome. Uh, one a little outside the city near the airport and one right in the heart of the city on top of Mount Washington. So uh, what were some of your challenges from being a church of outsiders yep. to becoming a church that with Pittsburgh? Like, do you got a Pittsburgh Steelers shirt? Like, what do you, like, what, like, what were, what, what's your secret of becoming <laughs> I'm, I'm know, all a, in a Pirates. I'm all in Penguins. I will never pull for the Steelers. Oh, man. We will edit that part out. No, I just won't. I promise you, I won't. And here's what I found. Like, people in Pittsburgh, they love that. Yeah. So I wear my Saints gear everywhere Mm -hmm. because it's a conversation starter. And people would rather you be true to you. Mm-hmm. And and also the narrative. So post-Katrina New Orleans, the narrative was re- rebirth. Yeah. Now, with the steel industry crashing in Pittsburgh, I'm stepped, I've stepped into a similar narrative for the city, mm. except they use the word renaissance. Yeah. And they are really open to outsiders coming in, parachuting in, mm. to represent their, yes. their, their story yes. from New Orleans, from wherever, but love their story. Man, don't you love the providence of God? I love that. You know, it's, it seems like it's not about you at all, but it's right. really all about you. For and sure. God's hand in your life, just to hear what you're saying, the rebirth of New Orleans, the renaissance, yep. Yep. and how God has used and is using your story, and he's forming something right. before you even knew it. Right. And what we're thinking is something completely different. Right. It's actually the same thing, and right. he has been preparing you all this time right. for this season and for this time. Right. So as you've gone in and kind of talked about this renaissance yep. into this new, you've come in not just simply hey, if we save the soul, everything else will take care of itself. But right. you've kind of come with this, one of the values that we have at Sin Network is restoration. Yep. You've come with this holistic understanding and a holistic approach. Yep. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so the need in now this kind of renaissance world of, of Pittsburgh, this need is uh, restoration. It's seeing this city that once built America become the powerhouse again. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. that's a physical need that we know we can now speak to spiritually, Um, But there were a group of pastors 40, 50 years ago that stood on top of Mount Washington praying for Jesus to be more famous than steel. Mm. And the way in which we do that is not through just, right, preaching the gospel in a church building Mm -hmm. once a week, Mm -hmm. but living the gospel throughout the city. As we're starting and restarting Send Pittsburgh, every church planner, myself included, is coming in not thinking that Send Network's over here, church plant works, Send Relief's over here. No, they're one. 
And so we're equipping every church planner to not just come and preach a message in the community, but to find that one need, even if it's just one, meet needs, changing lives, and press into that so that we can truly be a part of the restoration of our city. That's awesome. What I love about it, it's God's holistic design to recovery and pursuing all of what has been broken spiritually, emotionally, economic, and socially. Man, I appreciate the work that you're doing, and I'm so grateful to hear your story about how God is rewriting Pittsburgh's story because of what he's done with you. So, man, praise the Lord. Man, I appreciate that. Thanks so much.